This week on the Indo Daily. I asked her to leave me alone. I felt like she was harassing me and she was insistent that, you know, these were just coincidences. Catherine Martin, she is in favour of scrapping the TV licence and giving money to RT direct from the exchequer. Tonish Michael Martin, dead set against it. No way, not happening. Find and follow us at all the usual spots and over on the Irish Independent website. This week on Crime World... There was a Republican police from 1920. I mean, the IRA was effectively trying to run an underground government. And actually, there was a crime wave. 1919, 1920, there's a wave of bank robberies, post office robberies, robberies of individuals, robberies of pubs in Dublin and in rural areas as well. So the IRA tried to actually clamp down on that. They, on occasion, solving bank robberies and giving the money back to the banks. Now, I'm Nicola Talent, and you can listen to my podcast, Crime World, wherever you get your podcasts. They were O'Driscoll, Morgan, extra man, it's Fitzgerald, oh Fitzgerald is cutting back inside! Leicester have another! Darcy O'Driscoll oh. through the legs, Rob Carney, out to Fitzgerald again, step and score, number two for him! Hello and welcome to the Left Wing Independent.ie's Rugby Podcast. I'm Will Slattery and we have another great show lined up for you today. A little later on we're going to be joined on the line by Connacht second row Alton Delan. But first I'm joined in studio by, as always, Air Sports' newest shock jock, edgy Luke Fitzgerald. Hello Luke. Always edgy, always edgy. Um, I wouldn't think so. But, but now that you've come into Wales Online's orbit, I saw... Oh yeah, sorry, <laughs> sorry, the thing on... Um, oh God. Garrett uh, Davies. Uh, yeah, Garrett Davies, yeah, yeah. Jesus, yeah. Yeah, well, I just... I, do you know what, actually? He probably got the brunt of a couple of years built up on that cut type of incident, actually. It's really annoying me um, that no one is... I just think it's... I think it's such a bad... Like, you've no chance of getting hurt when you're sliding with your feet, but you have a yeah, real so chance just, of hurting Just for context, else. in case people don't know what's happening, that, you know, Garrett Davies slid into the corner when James Lowe was putting the ball down. No really chance of affecting the play at all he slides in kind of knees him in it's the too side late. Yeah. yeah he's never like and look I actually have no problem if he dives in with his upper body to try and hit it out with an arm or whatever it is like you have to be seen to you, it's one of those situations as a player you kind of have to be seen to still make an effort just in case something happens the ball's dropped backwards or whatever you know he's in if it's obviously if it's dropped forward it's not gone but if it's if it slips out backwards you still have to be in the area to you know to touch it down whatever it may be right so I get you have to make the effort but I just hate that it's which are not with your upper body what I mean you should be sliding in with your upper body well, first I still remember when Leinster won their first ever European Cup game away in France it was against Clermont or was, no, Montferrand was what they were called at the moment it was against Clermont and Gordon Darcy scored a try to win the game and David Barry did the exact same thing and Gordon Darcy had to be in a wheelchair coming back into Dublin airport because he was so bad <laughs> <laughs> well, I wasn't expecting Dar- I <laughs> sorry I, uh, yeah uh, that's yeah it's a cautionary tale I'm not a stand up uh, yeah Doris is a bit like me he was a bit <laughs> of a hypochondriac uh, wheeled no, into Dublin airport <laughs> no but sorry on a serious note it is It's. A, I just think myself and Donica and Tommy actually off we were we were off air and we were discussing saying I I was kind of saying I hate that it really like, annoys me um, but like it kind of came look we were talking about it and I and I, I, I probably passed a Shock trailing jock. a trailing thought on it um, and I actually ran out of do you know sometimes you're, you're on air you just run out of ways to say things and you end up being quite coarse I think I was quite coarse. I sound like a little baby. I was like, oh, I hate it, I hate it, I hate it. <laughs> but I actually do, and I think it's a bad part of the game. I think they're missing that. Um, 
and I think they need to sort it out because it's it's actually quite bad. I mean, you, like your ribs are really exposed there. You know, your you saw what happened to Fergus McFadden last year in the final as well, or semi final. Sorry, um, sorry, excuse me. It was the final. Sorry, it was the final. He hit it hit his his leg, didn't he? No, it was it was a Champions Cup semi final. Champions Cup semi final. Excuse me, sorry, but it was a bad one again. Someone st- you know dived into the side of his leg. So I just think they need to sort it out. It's a bad bad thing. I hate, I actually don't like picking out on w- one player, but. Generally, it's the too late now. Bad. Well, listen, I'm, I'm all in. It's yeah, <laughs> yeah. but I don't. I like apologize for being all said in. That I've done it already. <laughs> I apologize for being all in. <laughs> but yeah, look, it's a, it's a bad thing. You need to get a get a sore. I think. I'm glad know. Wales Online blew it up and blew it out of proportion. Oh, of course, and I had all the lads on to me. But I, look, someone was like, "Oh, well, Conor Murray did it as well." I was like, "Yeah, well, he was wrong when he did it as well." You know what I mean? <laughs> so, like, it's more the incident than the person. What, what did you make of the game overall? Like, personally, I, I don't think it's any harm for Leinster to get a kick up the arse early in the season. Definitely. Look, the challenge with them is that there's so many guys that need to get game time. There's a, like they made. 11 changes and there's still other guys that mm. need to be brought in so looked a bit rusty some of the big guns ah they did yeah, yeah. no they did uh, and they will look I mean yeah. like, Natural. like world class guys looked really rusty you know I felt bad for, for Nagel I thought there was a few instances where I was like oh and he it wasn't actually all his fault but he looked fairly exposed I hope he gets another chance he's a guy I'm very fond of and uh, just even as a rugby player he's kind of been sorry excuse me limited opportunities um, in that in that Leinster second row and I just was like oh I hope they don't call it because it actually was a lot of there were system errors as well. It was not just him. Um, but, um, you know, and I, I think Ty Furlong as well, who I think is probably one of the best players in the world. He, had, you know, looked like he was a bit rusty as well, a bit of an off day. Um, oh, a few unfortunate scenarios as well. So, like, Leinster will get better. Um, defensively, again, for me, that's the key with them. They look like they have it when they hang on to the ball. And actually, Donico Callum made a good point, actually, about, like, you know, earning the right. Like, it's a real basic kind of rugby concept, but earning the right to go around teams, like, that's what Leinster are really good at because they have so many good carries. So, I thought Keane Healy had an unbelievable game. He was 80 minutes. That, that yeah, counter rook at the end. Yeah, counter rook, I was going like, to say. That was an 80. That was 70, yeah, yeah, 77 was and a half minutes or something minutes like that. A couple minutes to go, yeah, like, three minutes. Pretty impressive for a first game back to get through mm. that. Now, he's a freak anyway. We know he's a freak, but um, good to see. Like, he's back. Like, he is just such a good rugby player. Uh, so good to have him in your team. And when he's playing like that, geez, he's, he, like, and he had a few great carries. The footwork was really good. Like, he's just a nightmare to, to deal with. What do you think about Ross Byrne in particular, the kicking, which I've talked about on this on the show a good bit, I just think his goal kicking is not where it needs to be. Like he nails the two touchline conversions, misses two relatively easy ones. One in particular, which was a very kickable one, almost in front of the post. That part of his game is still nowhere near up to the scratch, like up to be pl- up the Leinster level. Yeah, well, I think he, like even the great kickers, like you know, Raj, you know, struggled when he, you know, when he first came in, like as in he didn't always deliver. Like whereas towards the end of his career, he was just like he just never missed, and the more pressure was on, the better he kicked. And I think Johnny's probably at that stage as well. To, you know, in in terms of like the big games, you just I feel like you can just really rely on the guy to deliver. Um, so I think there's kind of probably a journey to go on. Like I still think Ian Madigan probably who's like an unbelievable kicker now. He went on that journey as well. He missed kicks as a young guy. He'd tell you all about that. I'm sure Johnny would say the same. Rog would definitely say the same as well. I think the the Heineken Cup against Northampton probably haunted him, but made him a better kicker. So look. There's a journey to go on there with, with Ross, uh, and I think he will go on it. It's a reasonable I, rebuttal, in fairness. Uh, well, I just think you know. I think you think of lots of people that are kind of a bit like that, you know, and they end up being great. Mm. I, I think you have to mature up. You have to be exposed to these, ex- and and they, I actually think they should keep exposing him. Like Fergus McFadden is a brilliant kicker. I actually think he's, he's like one of those guys who just isn't. <laughs> he can kind of turn his hand at most things, but a uh, great kicker. And I was like, I was kind of happy they didn't go to to Ferg because I think Ross kind of needs to go on the journey. Like I mean, look, if it, kind of, it comes to a point where it's hurting Lance, you know, you've always got Ferg there and he's a brilliant kicker but um, I think Ross needs to go on the journey and he's worth spending the time on and if there's a bit of short term pain 
I think long term you get more out of it. So um, and you'll see it with Joey. Joey, I guarantee you, Joey will be in the same position down in uh, in Munster as well. There is a journey to go on as a young kicker, and the both of them need to go on it. What have you made of Joe Tremani? He had a bit of a nightmare, actually a complete nightmare week one against Cardiff. <laughs> like, the poor guy. Yeah, no, I've had one yeah. or two of those games yeah, where just, sure. well, he was, nothing goes he, right He stripped in contact <laughs> defensively. <laughs> Uh, what did you make of him last week? Uh, uh, slightly better, was it? Better. He was more direct. Like I think his big thing is that like he's a real, he's a big unit. Um, and I kind of felt like he was, I actually didn't really like the offload for the last passage of play, even though it came off. I just like oh, like Leinster can grind teams down. Like I look, he, I think he needs to come into. Like, sorry, in, in, when, I, when I talk about that, like every hear all these, oh, I think gobshites being like, oh, you know, offloads and, but like offloading doesn't make you a better team. It really doesn't. Like what you need to be doing is dominating the contact. Your offloading should be done. Said like you, a true Joe Schmidt disciple. No, it's, Anyone it's, who says offloads is a moron. But like there's silly ones. Like they're high, like the high risk ones are actually, there's not really, like you're better off. Like I would rather back the team, especially in a team that's so well-rounded. So like look at New Zealand, like they're, it's very rare they make an offload in a scenario where they're not really dominating the contact or there's loads of people around. Like, they might do one every now and then. But they don't really... They back themselves to hang on to the ball and they know the opportunities to do that will just come. I always think it's a real rookie thing to be saying, oh, you know, look how many offloads. It's a weird stat. It's a bad stat to look at um, if you're not winning the games. If you're winning the games, they've got loads of offloads. We'll actually go back and say, well, did they dominate all the rooks? Did they dominate all the contacts? Because then they come naturally and they're easier. Um, and I was like, oh, I didn't like that one. But... I think I liked, I loved the carries. I didn't like the last bit of, the last rook really annoyed me and it's something that they really, I, they have to go hard on him in Leinster forward because that's part of the ethos and the mindset there is those like really long rooks. You know, like you never nest on the ball. You're just driving long past it. You know, you have to, you know, the people behind, it's on them to get in behind and get the ball away. You just need to clear a space forward um, because there's a big mindset there in terms of lengthening the rook and making the other team have to take an extra step back, which is kind of important nowadays with the way defences are. So um, they'll kill him for that one, and rightly so. But I actually really liked what I saw, and it's what I think he'll be really good at is, you know, getting them go for it. Kind of like a James Lowe where, you know, he's just such a physical specimen. Um, he'll be able to have a big impact. And they have so many threats around the pitch. Getting Being able to go to, to a back for momentum is big for Leinster, you know, and he's, he looks like he'd be, look, I think he'd be a good signing. He just needs to learn. He's still learning the trade. He's only two games for Leinster, three so, games. So comparing him to Eddie Hekanui is the worst. No, I saw <laughs> take someone, it easy. Someone, someone, take someone, it easy. You're always, yeah, you're always ready to gut someone. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's the journal in you. Says the it's man on job. Wales online over the weekend. Well, I, okay. I don't like to single people out having said that but, I did. Unfortunately, I did single. Yeah, look, yeah. it's unusual for me. Well, I, I do it every now and then, but you just, Air you seem to get a real shock jock. Just come clean. You love getting it. You get a kick out of it don't I you enjoy it, yeah. you're always looking for what an angle um, one thing though uh, about the weekend in general that was very pleasing to me was that there was a lot more big guns inserted into the action like we were we were talking last week how the league as a whole we want to see you know not players flogged to death but we do want to see more of the international players playing and that's why I guess from a Leinster perspective they weren't perhaps a little undercooked, but it is good for the product. You had Scarlett and Leinster almost at full strength going head to head. Completely agree. Um, we probably were probably being a little bit uh, no. premature. Mm -hmm. I know well, you think generally speaking. Yeah. Well, I think if you look at the stats, you're probably we're, yeah. we're probably right. Um, I think the quality of the game, like that was only the second game of the season. Some of the rugby play was actually very good. It was messy. You'd probably yeah. expect that. But I thought the quality was very good. It was a very entertaining game. And there was lots of good big players on show. Uh, so 
I think that's good for the product. I think it's good for what we're like. I enjoyed watching. I felt like I was watching, you know, two really, really top class teams, you know, going head to head, um, albeit in early stages of the season. But um, yeah, it was good to see Will, and hopefully we see more of it. I think uh, as well, what I liked was that there was still a mix of a young kind of a few young guys in there as well that got to play with, you know, like Ross Byrne got to play with Robbie Henshaw. Like that's great for your game playing with that guy. Um, you know, and then and then you had you know Jordan Larmer in there. I thought that was great to see one of the young guns, but a big star as well in the making. I think, um, and it was good. Like I mean, the the pack was strong. It had a real good strong spine through it. You had Dev Toner. I thought it had a really good game. Keen Healy, Ty Furlong. That's great for guys like Max Deegan who came in to play behind that pack. You know, it gives you opportunities. Um, so I hope that a Kalen Doris as well gets an opportunity to do that with those guys because you're playing a different game. You're getting momentum in all the places where possibly you shouldn't. You know, Keen Healy sidestepping guys. You know, and then it takes two to drag them down. All of a sudden, there's way more space for everyone else in the pitch. So that's good. You know, I'd like to go in a different direction for a second because I think we talked about this off air last week. We didn't talk about it on air. Matt O'Connor obviously was le- was sacked by Leicester after just one game this season, and I was talking to a couple of people and we were just talking about Matt O'Connor in general and like well, to give us a bit of an insight into what he's like as a coach because I think this has really surprised people. One game in and he's out the door. Like, so what 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 can you tell us? Can he be sometimes tough to deal with? Not from the player's perspective, but maybe dealing with upper management or something like that. Yeah, I don't know. I think possibly he can be. Um, you know, Matt, I, I actually just. He was such. He's a great sense of humor. He's really, really good fella. But he's hard as well. Like he can be very tough. He can be. You know, he doesn't. I'm pretty sure he doesn't. Like from what I gather, I don't think he really respects. You know the the media side of him. We touched like we we've touched on it before mm. last year with um, around the monster know, games. Well, around Kieran, um, oh, sorry, uh, Kieran Keane in in Connacht as well. You know, I think it's important to actually you know engage with the media, and you can actually manage that stuff. Joe Schmidt manages that stuff very very well. He's really you now he can be very tough on some media people, but he manages the messages that come out all the time, and he actually engages for for the most part w- with the media. I think that's kind of important. I think um, you know, a siege mentality only lasts for a certain amount of time. Uh, um, and I think, you know, for Matt, I always felt like the learning that he didn't get was was that in Leinster uh, was actually dealing with and engaging with the press because they actually, you can have, you can build allies in there and you can buy yourself an extra bit of time and that's a big thing when we're coaching, especially you look at the start of the season and, um, you know, it's really difficult to bet in some new ideas that you have or you have new players in and you're thinking, oh, we can change the game plan here slightly and let them, you know, you need to kind of accommodate them, accommodate them. like this Leinster, Leicester team, they saw you saw on the weekend, like Newcastle are a bloody good team and they thumped them um, so they're capable of that. So like he brought in the right people, he's the right personnel there. Uh, and like Jordan Mur- Murphy couldn't have changed everything in a week. Like that's just not possible. Well, he's been there for years as well. So. Yeah, but you know what I mean. So yeah. like, the, sorry. The point is that like, uh, is it premature that he went? It could well be. And has he? You know, he has to look at why like, that happened. Was he, he was he popular amongst players, Matt? Generally, not just with you. Yeah. Generally, no. I think he was. Yeah, guys liked him a lot. You know, I think they were disappointed with the way it ended. I think, you know, if you if you ask Leo Cullen, I mean, he's obviously things have moved on at Leinster, but I think they were a little bit disappointed with how it happened. I thought the timing wasn't ideal, um, as well, and that circumstance because Leinster hadn't had a great season you know we've done okay we got to the semi-final of and it took Toulon you know a huge amount like we actually should have probably beaten them you know it was an intercept that, that cost he only the lost home and away to the Dragons as well uh, but that happens every now and then look <laughs> uh, uh, we've lost I've not been involved lots of Leinster teams we've lost away to Dragons home <laughs> not, so, not much. so much but <laughs> look I think uh, leaving that aside like you know it took a fairly monumental effort by Toulon and that was a really star-studded team as well three in a row yeah, to to beat us. So I'm, I, we actually should have beaten them. Um, so it's funny how you know one or two, like one intercept pass, changes everything for Matt O'Connor. You know, if we're in the final of the, the European Cup, he's probably there the next season. Um, but the timing wasn't great, and it was really hard to attract 
other coaches because of the way the whole the way it all unfolded behind the scenes. It was kind of a messy departure because if you're going in to coach them, the first person you're probably going to talk to is the guy who just left. Um, and I think it didn't help because we were trying to get Tony Brown at the time from the Chiefs, I believe, who was meant to be a, a great coach. Highlanders. Highlanders, excuse me. Uh, he was the X-10, isn't he? He's a yeah, really yeah. blondie guy. Um, yeah, we couldn't get him and he was very highly touted and I was thinking, geez, that's a weird one because we thought we've been attracting really good coaches, highly thought of coaches. So, look, um, as my in terms of my own view of Matt, I thought he was really good. I had lots of good ideas. I think there's probably some parts of it that were a little bit loose at times, if I was to be honest. Um, that I think he was kind of a bit laid back on. I think he probably took too much on as well. He was kind of fairly engaged in the strength and conditioning side. I remember that was a bit of a frustration for them, um, you know, that he was probably, you know, he, he left things go. Like things that Leinster have been really good at, like Joe Schmidt's really engaged in that, but he's really trusts his guys, his lieutenants. It would have been a Dan Tolwin and a Jason Cowan. He really trusts them to get, you know, to get the messages right. He trusts the science. And I think Matt at times kept us out a little bit long in the pitch, but that was player driven as well. We wanted to get things right. But sometimes the coaches say this and that's not right. We've 40 minutes here. There was a few things that he wasn't good at. I thought that he probably needed to improve. And I, ever, I always wondered, did he get that feedback or did he know that himself? Um, and I always wondered about the media thing. Did he really think about that and say, actually, did I help myself? Because things turned to me really quickly with the supporters um, and the media. Um, and, and it's too hard to say. I'm not, I, was, I was too low down the pecking order to really understand what the relationship was like above. But... It does sound like if they got rid of him after one game that they probably were, they've had, they'd had enough and they were mm -hmm. saying, listen, we need to. And I think things have declined over in Leicester as well. So I'd say they're saying that we need to arrest this pretty quickly because they are one of the great institutions over there and they've been kind of lagging behind of late. Um, so they need to get the show back on the road. Well, I saw Austin Healy tweet that Lancaster, it's like Lancaster to Leinster question mark and then someone replied said, why would he go there? And Austin Healy was like, well, it's a, it's a bigger club. So like, you know. And it, and it is a bigger club. Like, it's run on its own, you know, it's, it's nothing to do with the, the, the national... No, it, it, like, Leicester's one of the only clubs that actually makes money over there alongside Exeter, I think. You know, properly makes money from, you know, uh, advertising. So you think it is a bigger club than Leicester? Well, it's yeah. Well, I, 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 I sorry. I don't think he meant turnover. Say, well, you know, well, Leinster, Leinster's a deep uh, Orchester. Yeah, I would think so. I don't know that, but I think it's all divvied out through the national team. So it's very. But he he to meant say. prestige wise. I know he did. Uh, well, I'd say that's very close. Like I think they've been lagging behind the, the last few years, mm. but like things have only just turned around in Leinster. Like last season, really changed things True. around. Like Leinster were really struggling uh, once Joe Schmidt left, you know, um, and hadn't had much success. So. Yeah, look, I would say, um, you know, it's a difficult one. Like, why would Lancaster go possibly wants to, if he wanted a head job again? Yeah. I don't know if he will. I think he's in a really good scenario here. I think the way things are working out timing-wise, if he can have another big season with, Le with Leinster, win something again, um, you know, World Cup's on the horizon. Joe Schmidt has another year, but, like, would he stick it out? Like, I mean, I know his family's over in the UK, but... I mean, to be honest with you, I'm kind of surprised they haven't shifted over. Like, Dublin's a great city to live in. Uh, great for kids and that. It's very safe. It's really nice. You're on the, you know, everything is within close confines. So, I wonder, like, for me, does he, he might want to end up back there uh, at some point. But, like, Dublin's a great city to live in. Uh, and it's, he's in a really nice setup. You look at Joe Schmidt, like, he's set up a life here for, what is he, near, here the goods of 10 years nearly. Mm -hmm. Um... So I wonder, is that something on the horizon for him Then they'd pay him well for it? Like, the national job could be a real... It could be a natural stepping stone for him. Now, you could, it could be Andy Farrell once once Joe decides to go, but or, or even Simon Easterby, who's an excellent coach as well. So there are a few hats in the ring there, but he seems to be the standout candidate for me. Well, what, like, what do you think? Do you think... Yeah, well, I, well, it's kind of telling that Andy Farrell and Simon Easterby and I think Richie Murphy have all signed up past the World Cup for an additional season, so they were... Oh, is Joe not? Sorry, Joe, Joe was in that group. No, Joe hasn't signed up. He's only signed to the World Cup the, the three lads are signed extra okay, so okay. 
what are you looking at? Maybe Andy Farrell goes in as head coach. Does Lancaster come in to take on the role he's done with Leinster in the Ireland setup? Does Lancaster go in as head coach and the lads maintain their positions? I think they're the probably two most likely things. I think Leo will stay at Leinster. I think and so. And they'll get well. in another yeah, yeah. someone to replace Lancaster as a senior yeah. coach or whatever. It is a lot of. I think Leo's there is a long term project. I agree, um, and I think he probably feels that himself as well. Um, because he would have gone through that was a difficult first year for for Leo, you know. And I, I think actually, like things are he like the way things are sitting for him. Like I just think he's done such a good job. I, I just feel like we need you need to get him in so we can ask him what was it like that he won't first come in, season. He won't come in. Leo won't come in. Uh, he said he wouldn't. I've already asked. Um, does he hate us as much as Josh Smith does? I'd say he doesn't. I'd say he's, he doesn't engage. Like Leo, Leo, Leo he doesn't. Uh, he engages a, 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 just enough with the media that he has every people on his side and he understands the value there and he actually gives a good interview. But I don't think he actually value like as in he doesn't like he's doing his own thing. Leo's a real kind of focused guy. I think he actually likes like I think he's very careful around the media. Um, always has been. I think would he, he be looking at stuff as minutely as Josh Schmidt? Like if something appears in it, would he be like jumping on it? Like? I'd say Leo would be. Okay. Um, Oh, we would never have we never have these discussions anymore because I feel awkward talking about it with him. But um, I think Leo would Leo very bright guy, like really bright guy. Uh, so I'm sure he's probably taken in because you you do have to gauge sentiment out there. I think probably a mistake I felt Matt O'Connor it, it kind of ties in there yeah. with that because Joe Schmidt's always got his finger on the pulse. He knows who's angling for things against him, who doesn't like him. You know he knows who who are his allies are. I'm sure he's he, you see him. I'm I'm pretty sure they feed things through. You know, probably the few the obvious guys who'd be close um, to to the setup in the media, but like he uh, he understands the value of that, I think, and he always uses the media to his advantage, and he's very like very autocratic in lots of ways as well in terms of dealing with them, like people who aren't on message or who are coming at him from a different angle or asking awkward questions, he just completely blanks out. Um, so, like, I don't know if that's necessarily managing it very well, but he, he's, he the point is his fingers on the pulse. Mm. I would imagine Leo's is as well. Um, I would say. I would say it must have been difficult. I've never, we've never actually discussed anything close to this. To be honest with you, I'm always, it's always a congratulatory, uh, tutori, uh, congratulatory, <laughs> excuse me, uh, for that verbal diarrhea uh, text. You know, oh well done, or hard luck, or keep the chin up, or whatever it is, or best of luck. So that's as much rugby as we talk nowadays. Uh, to be honest with you, but uh, I would imagine it was difficult and probably some difficult parts as well, considering he's like but he's like in no, charge of the setup, but no one really. Like, he'd only kinda, he'd only been in the job at Ford's. He'd been retired one year, one year forwards coach a season that hadn't gone well and then he was kind of ascended into the head coaching job of one of the biggest clubs in Europe and you know it, it didn't go well like it could, it could have really ended up it could have possibly ended up with him just leaving after one season and never coaching again yeah and the thing is he's kind of a bright enough fellow that he could do what he wants as yeah. well like he's not really he's not one of those guys you'd be like oh what's what's Leo going to do like he could the world is kind of his oyster. He's a leader of men, mm. always has been everywhere he's gone. Even with Martin Johnson at, at Leicester, he was the kind of captain when he wasn't there. So, like, you know, Leo is going to be successful regardless and he's got great work ethic and, and that. So, he's not completely, like, he just loves it, I think. Uh, and I think he was happy to grind. I think he actually felt as well probably a little bit that he had to take on the burden because Leicester were kind of stuck when he took it on. Um, but, I mean, the job he's doing with all the young guys there, I mean, some of the people he's brought in, and he's been very brave in selection as well. Um, you know, I've seen him, like, I'm sure he's had to take on Joe lots of times about not picking Joey at 10, uh, which isn't an easy job to do. I mean, taking on Joe uh, didn't work out very well for Matt O'Connor. <laughs> we didn't really mention that, but, that you know, that's not a good idea. Um, and I think he's been fairly brave in a lot of that stuff, actually. So, um, 
I've had I've had huge huge admiration for the job he's done there, and I think he's got a few a bit of kudos. I think people are starting to realise now that he's obviously a massive part of the setup, um, in there, and he's made some really astute decisions, um, you know, and obviously bringing in Stuart Lancaster was a, like he's had a massive impact on the place. So that was a really good decision too. And we haven't deliberately been ignoring Connacht. We've just been waiting for our guest, Alton Glenn, the lie to be joined on the line by the Connacht second row. Alton, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, thank you, Will. How are things? Yeah, good, thanks. It's funny, just before we get into rugby, top popped into my head today when I saw that Kieran Donaghy, Kerry legend, and a great Tralee man like yourself is retiring from Gaelic football. <laughs> At some stage, given your size, you must have been pushing on the edge of the square in Austin Stacks Park and you know maybe the next great hope of Kerry football. <laughs> uh, yeah, not, not, sadly for me, not a chance. <laughs> I, uh, my, my brother actually was uh, was a more well-rounded sportsman for, uh, for, for GA, actually. He, it was quite decent. I, I had no coordination when I was younger. <laughs> if anything, nearly got bullied. <laughs> <laughs> well, now you're the one doing the bullying, I guess, out in the pitch. And, uh, you know, Connacht back uh, two weeks in, one win, one defeat. How's the Andy Friend era going so far? Obviously, a bit of upheaval over the summer, but he seems to have brought in a real air of positivity like he was going to the hurling games over the summer. And he seems to kind of have gotten the, the fans and the team reconnected again. Oh, uh, yeah, no, it was... Um... Yeah, look, it, we, we're we're nothing but positivity to say really about about how things are going so far in the season. It's early early days for us, but we've we've done well, and he, he's he's kept things so positive, and and uh, he's really empowered a lot of the players. So um, you know, we're we're only looking forward to to keeping the uh, staying on a positive curve for the next few weeks. Hopefully, taking a good win. Uh, away to Edinburgh this weekend, and then um, winning the next two home games. I mean, it's it's a it's a tough month for us, but. Uh, but we're we're looking forward to to each each match as they come. Alton, how are you getting on? Hey, Luke. Not too bad. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I've been here the whole time, waiting patiently to <laughs> to get involved there. Listen, just just a quick one there on Andy Friend. I, I actually would. I think um, Will's actually on the money. He seems to be very very positive. It's good to hear that you're echoing that as well. Is there anything that he's kind of brought in that's that he's tried to change or that he's really tried to implement and tried to change quickly over the course of preseason that you're kind of feeling the effect of on the pitch? Um, yeah, well, he's, he's been, he's kind of, he's left the coaches uh, t- take over in a, in a, in a way. He, he's bringing in his own input and he's been so great and so positive and he, he naturally will have things to, things to, to tidy up for us as well. But um some one small thing I noticed that we've 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 brought in since the since the first day is he's brought in themes of the week every week we've we've brought in this new this little team that we need to, to add into our pitch sessions whether it's whether it's adding micro shot on the pitch or whether it's just keeping up our standards and it's it's just the thing we echo a, a team of the week is mentioned at the start of each week and it's, it's it's what we echo throughout the week and it's it's uh, it's proven to be quite helpful and and, and it's 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 keeping positivity pretty good up in in the squad so. Um, just as a small thing, that, that that's worked really well, I, I found. And from your own perspective, Alton, obviously, like when a new coach comes in and he wants to bring in his own ideas, but I'm sure you obviously want to impress him as well and you know hit the ground running. Like, how do you feel your your game is at the moment, or is there anything going into this season that you really wanted to work on to, to really you know start you know start firing? Oh yeah, well, for me personally, I've you know you're you're never you're never going to be the finished product. So um, so you know for me, I've, I've always whether it's been fitness. Uh, Work, bringing, bringing, uh, working on my tackle the whole time, or or, or keep, or trying to, trying to, um, trying to uh, maintain my 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 carrying ability. It's uh, you're never you're never the finished product. So um, so I I just want to perform week in week out, and I, I'm I'm hoping to I'd love to get back to the form I had I suppose 
before Christmas last season. Um, uh, so that, that's that's my only goal really, and and hopefully earn 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 my uh, earn a position in the national squad if if all went well. So uh, that's really as far as it goes for me. And in terms of uh, you know just uh, you know may, you know. I suppose keeping fit, and I always think, you know, the key thing, and you know, we wouldn't have played together. We played against each other a few times, but you know, there's, a, I mean, it's it's plain to see there's a huge amount of potential there. Um, but you've had a few injuries along the way. I mean, how have you managed that? Have you been able to bounce back? Is there, have you, you know, I think as an older player, and I know I've definitely found this myself. You kind of end up figuring it out a little bit more about your body along the way and helping your get yourself on the pitch. Do you feel like you're in that space yet? Uh, no, I mean, you look, you're, you're relatively, you're still, a, you know, a very young guy. But have you figured that out a bit? Do you think you'd be able to get on the pitch a bit more because you've, you've, you're a bit further down the road? I, I know you're definitely taking learnings as they come. I mean, I, um, uh, I, I was lucky enough actually last season, which was weird enough. I actually didn't have any injury to. I, I missed no game through injury uh, last season, so um, that was kind of the first of I, I had no idea until until they told, the physios told me. Uh, at the end of year review, which which was uh, which is funny enough, but then looking forward, looking most recently, I've I've already missed the second game through through injury, like one of my first soft tissue injuries to put me out of the game, and you you, you definitely take learnings as they come. I mean, I think I had to sit down with the SNC for instance over that because we didn't know why all of a sudden I just got a soft tissue injury, and it, it was it was basically just from doing so much from doing too much. Um, conditioning the week before ahead of a game because I was just trying to add in my own little bits off off the off off the pitch and uh it turned out to have uh <laughs> to have been to my work to my detriment so it's uh funny the learns you take it's funny also that it gets looking back on and when you your kind of breakout season maybe 2015 2016 when you had Connacht winning the Pro 12 and you getting into the Ireland setup because I saw a funny little interview you did uh I think for one of those Irish rugby documentaries when you said that around Christmas time, Pat Lamb mentioned to you that Joe was thinking of bringing you in. You said that's when the fear set in <laughs> and that you were maybe a little daunted <laughs> about the prospect of going into Irish camp and working with Joe Schmidt because he's, I guess, a famously meticulous coach and what he might demand from you. Like, what do you remember about that? It must have been a slightly scary prospect. Well, there's 35 other guys that are the same, so <laughs> <laughs> don't worry. You're not alone there, Ulton. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, no, I suppose initially it was... Yeah, it was the daunting thought of it, and uh, just the stress of uh, potentially training in a, in a new environment, uh, in a much tougher environment, and and with a lot of players, you you know, you could say I, I idolize and stuff growing up. So, um, so that was that's that's more what explained the fear. But uh, but yeah, I get I get what you I get what you meant as well on the other points. And how did you find working with Joe? Because I, I I'm sure he was probably a lot different to, to most coaches you'd had. Oh yeah, no, it's uh, unreal. Like he, his his detail, his detail makes some make uh, makes you such a better player. Just being able, just taking all the learnings and the pressure they put on you to just just creates this healthy stress. Really, like that that just drives you to to improve your game, improve parts of your game you never thought you needed to work on. And I mean, it, you can clearly see the results with what with, um, with the national performances that have, that have happened over the years. And do you find you've been able to apply? I mean, it was one of the big things that uh, I remember talking to guys from kind of month, like, you know, it was Paul O'Connell and Dunnick Ryan, these guys, uh, you know, Keith Earls as well. Uh, when Joe first came into Ireland, like we, had, you know, the, the Leinster crowd had had him for a few years previous. So we were aware of what was expected and we'd kind of been able to fit in a bit more seamlessly, I think. Um, but I remember talking to the Munster guys and they said when they went back, 
you know, that they were able, they, they just felt like there was so much to improve. They, were, they really took lots of the learnings back and it helped them, I think, become more rounded players back in, in, in their home province. Um, have you found that yourself? Do you find like you're, you're spotting more opportunities to improve when you watch back the games? You're saying, oh, do you know what? I know Joe yeah, is going to be yeah. looking at that and he's going to be saying, do you know what? That's not good. You need to improve yeah. that. Do you find like you, you're, you're more knowledgeable on the game? You, you understand how to make yourself a better player more? Um, oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, people that, like, for instance, your family for one for one weekend would think you'd have you've had a great game, but you yourself, knowing what other people, what other coaches... <laughs> knowing Joe is watching. <laughs> I actually haven't played that well, maybe. Or, or, or another, another um, on the flip side, you know, it, it could work the other way. But, uh, but uh, yeah, no, it definitely, it definitely keeps you aware on, on little things you didn't know. Uh, you didn't know um, were an issue, uh, uh, say how many years ago. Like, but um, but yeah, it definitely works for the better. It's um, we, we all you can only take so many learns from it's unreal. And just to go back to I guess to, to that time when you were in camp for the first time and you got that you know you made your debut against England at Twickenham probably no harder place to make your debut and you had such a big impact off the bench and I guess for a lot of people then that would have been the first time they really came to, to see you play or, or, to, or to see you if they hadn't been watching Connacht very closely like it must have been a bit of a crazy time for you because you went from maybe just you know playing well for Connacht to on a national stage getting you know maybe a lot of attention like what was that like for you at the time? Yeah no I just remember it being it naturally so very uh, very nerve-wracking you know and uh, with the occasion that it, that it was and I suppose even the building up to the game and how, how, how it came to be selected to, for the game and all that and then and then um, as the game progressed itself we were we were on a losing side like and there were there was quite it was a very tough England team and to come on I was just um, yeah it was all really surreal you know it was that, that kind of first, first cap uh, moment when didn't know what to expect, and luckily enough, uh, it didn't go too 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 badly for me. So, uh, yeah, it was it was just extreme. It really so surreal. Could could barely remember it after after the game had finished up. Like. And was it strange to go back then to play, you know maybe going back to Galway and playing your rugby? And I guess your life might be a change a small bit, and that you did have that little more notoriety, or people knew who you were a bit more than when the game had played maybe twenty four hours earlier. Yeah, maybe it does. Yeah, it was maybe a bit weird, but I mean we were. At the same time, Connor, we were doing quite well that season, so it wasn't, you know, it wasn't too much of a, it wasn't too much of a change. We, we, we uh, I remember post that Six Nations, there we we went on a a good winning streak in 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 Connacht doing, I think it was a double on Munster, and you know, we had a lot, we had a lot of, we had a lot of very good, memorable home games that uh, just um, just was great for the fans. And then of course having to go to Edinburgh then was was unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, and you're bloody beat. You're double against us as well. I remember it well. Um, I mean, look, and it's been it's been a really interesting, uh, a really interesting journey as well. Ulton. I know we're we're talking about kind of the current stuff now, but just to take it back, I mean, you've kind of taken the the road less traveled to a certain extent, and that you 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 were born in in Paris and France, am I right? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. A, a, ended up in Tralee. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and now you're in Galway. Like, talk to us a little bit about that journey, and and I suppose. You know, growing up, you, you started your rugby in Tralee, is it? In Tralee RFC, in the local club there? Yeah, that's it, that's it. No, I, I was just... <clears throat> my mother loved to travel the world when she was uh, when, she, when she was younger and she's, she'd worked in so many different countries and uh, uh, had uh, my brother and I, while she was in Paris, she was in Paris for over 10 years, and uh, so we got our first... Uh, the first seven years I spent in Paris and then we'd, uh, we had to move back to Ireland then because of... Um, uh, family loss so uh 
we moved back to Tralee and basically never left. It was uh, I, t- I took up the rugby through a bribe from her when I was when I was uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, we, we we tried our hand at many different sports. My brother Keen was actually very good at a lot of them, but he kind of followed me when I when I, when I lost interest. And uh, he was actually quite good at rugby as well, but very lucky with injuries. Um, but yeah, then the truly rugby was 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 uh, was my home really for a few years. And uh, and uh, then I think I, I was lucky enough to get a get a shot at Munster Youths, uh, and then from that Irish Youths, and then it was after that I um there was interest from Connacht because uh, my Irish Youths force coach was the was the Connacht Academy coach, and um, yeah, I just didn't. It was a tough decision, but it was. Ultimately, the best one I'd ever made, I think. And in terms of, uh, you know, growing up in Tralee, uh, I mean, I know from, you know, we, we talked about Kieran Donaghy there, and I'm assuming a tall fella like yourself probably played a bit of basketball and a bit of football. Did you, like, were you, were you playing all sorts of sports as a kid? I mean, how did you develop into, I suppose, such a good athlete? Ah, it wasn't, there was no natural athleticism, really. Believe <laughs> <laughs> me, it was, uh, I actually hadn't played basketball, and I, I knew... Uh, Kieran Donaghy when he when he was playing basketball and uh, I remember chatting him about that in in the uh, sports shop he used to work in when he was a lot younger uh, trying to trying to put my brother and I to, to to take up the sport but um no we 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 actually didn't do that many sports we did kind of abstract sports like tennis uh, swimming and then athletics was the most relatable to rugby so we did we we followed athletics as much as we could and then and then the rugby went well for us. And just on the the decision to I guess to, to end up in Connacht, I was reading an interview you'd given previously, and you, you might be able to fill in some of the details because I'm not, I think I have this right, but that you had a, the opportunity to maybe go on a sub academy contract to Munster and a full one to Connacht, and you opted for Connacht because I think you said that you wanted to contribute to the family, I guess, with, with maybe a bit more security with the Connacht offer. Yeah, no, that that's actually exactly right. It was uh, I just wanted to help out at home really because my mom had been driving me so much to uh, to Cork and Limerick to make a. Uh, to get to to get to training sessions and all that, and I I wasn't really um, I couldn't get too too close to the to the monster uh, setup then either because I was so far away from my my potential teammates and all that. So it, as much as I as much as I would have loved to play for them at the time, it was um, you know and and to on top of the fact that they couldn't offer me an academy contract, I just felt I needed to help out in some way, and uh, I actually asked an agent for some advice and he, he just gave me free advice saying you know Connick we're, we're looking on we're looking like they were getting some good players and it could be a good place to to start the future as, uh, as a rugby player and all that so um, yeah it was, a, it was a tough choice but uh, I was glad I went in the end and it's funny, we had uh, Ulster scrum half John Cooney on last week and he mentioned that uh, you know some of the knockbacks in his career, like when he kind of had to leave Leinster because there weren't the opportunities there, have kind of driven him on. Like, it, it, does, Is Munster not giving you a full academy contract, something that has ever kind of motivated you? Or, or do you have like a slight chip on your shoulder about that? Not at all. No, no, no. I left, uh, I left on, I would say, good terms. There was no, there was no bad blood at all. In terms of some of the, of your growth, and I want to stay on that kind of that uh, thread a little bit. Um, who has been the biggest impact on your career so far? I mean, I presume you know you would have had lots of dealings with you know Dan McFarland and with uh, Pat Lamb, I suppose, along the way. That probably the two standouts. Um, who do you think has impacted you so far in terms of bringing you on and getting you to where you are at the moment? Oh well, professionally, they were obviously those two were very influential coaches naturally, but in in the academy, just bring. 
bringing up my skills, for instance, was a uh, was a big one because uh, I was definitely lacking uh, when I was younger. And um, so the the Nigel Carlin and Jimmy Duffy were were and still are and still are uh, uh, huge influences uh, on 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 what I've had. So, um, but you know, you 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 come across and you you get the privilege to have so many good coaches uh, in the fresh world career. So you know, there's nearly too many to mention. Yeah, just while we're on the subject of of the skills, um, I know Dave Ellis when he was in the Connacht set up a couple of years back worked a lot with players. And when I think of you and Ali Muldowney, uh, who obviously isn't playing with the team anymore, but that year when Connacht did win the league, the handling of the tight forwards in particular, you know, was phenomenal. Like, is that something that you guys worked really hard on then? And and what did you like? Uh, how thankful are you that you kind of got that bit of learning in because it, it's such an attribute to have in a tight five player. Yeah, no, the handling was it was really good. It was um, there. It I, just, I we all remember so much, there were so many windows during the week where we had to do these handling uh, these little handling drills, and there was so much more. Uh, yeah, the, you can say there was more of a focus on doing them uh, back then because of the, because of the shape we were trying to play with that two four two. You need you you had to have good hands uh, in, being in that middle four. So um, there there was a big onus on on. on doing those drills and it paid it paid huge dividends that season of course and talk to us a little bit about that system because I think I mean for, for playing against it was really really difficult to play against and I think the confidence that you know I'm, I'm sure that, that Ellis and, and, and Lamb kind of instilled in, in, in that group of players and obviously some really quality operators as well Muldowney definitely is a standout uh, I think for me just in terms of his, his, you know, his confidence his, able to, his ability to deliver passes under pressure made it so difficult to defend against you guys Talk to us a little bit about that system, that two four two system, and uh, you know how I suppose you end up delivering on on it. Because I mean, it seemed like a difficult one to deliver on. You know, you know, probably something that Connacht yeah. hadn't. I mean, it probably took a few years really in the making. But I mean, were they instilling confidence in you guys all the time? Did they spend lots of one on one time? You know, obviously doing the drills as you say, but just in terms of getting you into the shape and giving you confidence in the shape. Yeah, you you nailed it there. It was just it it, it was never. The, it took a while to perfect. I mean, that season, for instance, it the. the the two seasons before that were uh, we had a few up, we had a lot of ups and downs. I mean, it, it. I remember Pat's first season, even when he when he brought it in, it was just like trying to get the. We had so many losses stacked up, and then it was that big win against Toulouse that kind of that kind of instilled instilled hope that season. And then uh, it just it was a slow build from there, really. But um, it's having the personnel like Ali that season that the, that Pro 12 winning season that, that that really made it work for us. He he, he had such confidence and he 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 drove the players and, and the shape really well. And I guess there has been a lot of different coaching changes since you've been there. Like, obviously, Kieran Keane was just in for one season. Like, how did you find that season? It was obviously a difficult one results-wise, but ultimately, Kieran left at the end of the campaign. How did you find working with him? I personally enjoyed um, Kieran Keane. I thought he was um, I thought he was quite friendly and really good to me, but, uh, but it was what it was. And... Um, even even when us the players were thinking about it, we our um, position in the in the table and and for instance the results won't the ones the wins and losses reflected nearly Pat's first season. So it was a bit of a it was there, so there was a bit of a, a bit of questions initially, but you know it was it didn't come for, it didn't come from us. So um, you know you had to take it take it as as it came and had to move on. What you know personally, I found him to be quite a good coach. Yeah, what did the players make of his interviews? I've never seen, he had a very unusual, I guess, way of answering questions uh, when he was in the media. Like, what did the players make of that? Yeah, you know, but he he said I remember him saying that from the first day. He said he was he was going to be blunt and he's going to be honest, and uh, you know, you could take it as as it came. But he 
you know, I mean, he 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 did wear his heart and his sleeves on, on some of the in some of the tough weeks we had. But um, he was just I don't know. I guess he was trying to be honest. But uh, yeah, it didn't. It obviously didn't come across that way sometimes to the fans, and that that maybe where that could have been maybe where the friction started. I don't know. Yeah, because it's funny because I saw that. I remember commenting on it last year, and I was thinking. Like, sorry, I'm only just vo- voicing my own opinion. Am I, am I able to answer this one as well? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I, was, I, I remember commenting on it last year, and I was I was thinking, God, I'd hate if my coach was doing that. Um, like, I used to hate when Declan Kidney did it. I was like, just <laughs> just answer the question. Like, or just, you know, like, I, I felt like there was times he kind of didn't. He was just, he was so blunt, or so, he was so annoyed that he didn't even give an answer. And I always felt like, I like, I always, yeah. I like Joe Schmidt ones. Like, I think he's very, he's always, you know, like, he's never brash or arrogant. But he gives you answers. He'll give you direct answers about what he think ha- thinks happens happens in the game. And I always felt like it kind of gave me confidence. I was like, well, actually, first first of all, like he's getting it right, mm. uh, you know, which obviously helps. But leaving that aside, I was like, well, it looks like he's got a plan. I feel like he's got a plan now. Obviously, you know, all the stuff going on behind closed doors, it's difficult to to know exactly. And you're obviously telling us he he was he was a good guy, you know, and a, and a good coach. Um, but I always think I'd much rather the coach. Gave you gave an answer uh, even to the public because it nearly generates like a kind of ill will or a bit of adversity oh, outside. You know, like even like what do you think, Will? You're you're a journalist. Like what do you think? Yeah, it, well, it just becomes a bit of a sideshow. Like you know, it was like yeah. every week. It was like the it's interview. like Mourinho does it a bit, doesn't yeah, he? Like, well, kind of. I, I just, not it just that bad. Sorry, becomes but. a bit of a distraction overall. Yeah. Like, and I guess there were times then when he was kind of quite critical of the players in the media as well, yeah. which which we wouldn't be really be used to in an, in an Irish environment. The, the coaches usually are very. You know, they, it's kind of in a rugby environment. It's kind of unusual. Yeah, they very much back the players. You know, generally. Yeah. So I, I don't know if you felt any of those sentiments, Alton. Uh, well, you know, yeah, I know. I, I can remember when, 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 when uh, issues like that happened. All right, but well, I just thought, you know, he, maybe he just he just wore his heart on his sleeve and all, and, and he come across negatively sometimes. But he was just it was just a mix of emotions, you know. So it was kind of. Obviously, some players would have felt, would have felt that differently had they been mentioned, you know. So, uh, so I, I, you know, I guess I, I luckily didn't ever really. <laughs> you never, you were never mentioned, so you're grand with it. <laughs> <laughs> and and just looking back on, I guess that great 2016 year, you know, I was just again looking at a few interviews you gave uh, over the last couple of years, and I just thought to me that 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 week in Chicago just must have been like one of the greatest weeks of your life. Like you know, you're in the Ireland setup, you know, it's your first year there. You're over in Chicago with the team. You play in the All Blacks. That on itself would be a great experience. But then to go and actually beat them, it must have been phenomenal. Like what what do you remember about that week, or what sticks out the most to you now? Oh yeah, no, it was it was an unreal week. It was there was such a big build up. There was a the the baseball team, the Cubs had their had their final as well. There was so much so much hype and all that, but it it, it felt. It felt a lot of the time, a lot of that week that it was it was all the All Blacks week was the, was a big one because even approaching the game, it, I don't know who what reporter it was from over there, but uh, I just mentioned because because it, it, it was something we were doing while while looking reviewing their game. Just it was just a theme that you know they weren't unbeatable and that you know it's it, it, it's possible that we could we're just trying to find their weaknesses and all that. And I just remember mentioning that, and it got twisted around in the, in the media that. Uh, <laughs> Arrogant Delan or whatever. The <laughs> <laughs> old blacks are, are going are gonna to be beaten and all that, and they're just branding me so arrogant. And I was like, oh Jesus! <laughs> but then to come out and, and do that uh, on, on the day was brilliant because I remember just laughing with Joe over that after the game. But um, yeah, no, so it was it was such a good week. It was brilliant. 
And just in terms of just, you know, uh, just you as a player, maybe giving us a bit more of an understanding about, you know, what makes you tick. Are you, are you the kind of player, like, are you, it seems to me, just looking from the outside, that lo most second rows seem to be, and it probably ties in with the job role in terms of, you know, being really meticulous with line outs, you know, figuring all that stuff out and figuring out the opposition one and the time you have to spend on the technical side of the game there. Um, like, what kind of, like, what kind of prep do you, are you, are you big on preparation? Like, do you spend lots of time analysing all those things and analysing your own game? Oh, yeah, it's, it's, obviously it's different for every position. You all have to do, you have to do your own, um, your own study on your own, on, on, on different opposition. And obviously for, for me being a second row, there has to be a lot of, a lot of line out analysis and other set pieces, set piece analysis. But, um, yeah, prep is, prep is huge for, for, for a team. And it, it, it's, it's a big part of professional rugby and it, and it definitely makes a difference. And how, how do you go about it? Like, do you do it with the other second rows? Do you, or like, or do you do it yourself? Do you just lock yourself in for a couple of hours every week on your own in the, in the video room and, and do it there? Or like, how do you go about yeah. it? Uh, yeah, no, we have different we have different apps and forums that 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 drip feed all different games that of, of teams we could be playing you know, with, with weeks to come. And uh, yeah, for instance, say we we have a game the next week against whichever team. We you, you maybe review the review a game you playing you uh, you play last against them or uh, review look over look over their recent games and uh, just say on a Sunday or a Saturday and do a bit of study on for for me for other on their set piece before going in on the. Um, and then Monday meetings, and then eventually throughout the throughout the week, you'd you'd meet up with the other second rows or or whoever it may be, and uh, discuss what what what's the plan of action for for that week. And outside of that stuff, in in terms of your own personal development, you were talking about improving and always trying to improve. And um, like, are you a big man? Would you set a lot of goals for for you know for you know long term goals like seasonal goals? You know, would you set like you know uh, maybe goals for for your personal development in terms of in the gym? Uh, or on the pitch, like, are you are you one of those guys? Are you always looking for something to uh, to measure yourself and, and get better at? Yeah, I think it's 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 healthy to set goals, and it's uh, you know it can only be a good thing to have things to look forward to or to, to aspire to. So uh, I think nearly everyone would set goals for 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 their season. And I guess one of the goals, obviously, is to be part of that World Cup squad. And in the last couple of years, so many good second rows have developed. Like, not only yourself, you're going to be on Dean Henderson, James Ryan. You have, you know, older players like Devin Toner in the mix. Ty Byrne is now back as well. Like, there's so much competition there. Is that something that drives you as well? Or would you would you rather there was maybe one or two less second rows to be uh, competing with? Oh, no, it absolutely drives you. It's even uh, provincially, uh, we're, we're, we're all driven with, with how with how good the competition is growing and uh, with, the, with the talent in our squad. So it's um, it, it's great to have such competition in every position. And like, uh, it was interesting, we were talking to, to John Cooney um, during, or sorry, last weekend. Obviously, you probably know him from, from his time in Connacht. You definitely, sorry, you definitely know him from his time in Connacht. It was only a year ago. You haven't forgotten him. <laughs> Um, but we, we were talking to him and he was saying like he's really watching every week like what the others you know obviously in his case the, the other nines are doing what Marmion's doing what Murray's doing what Neil Cronin or what uh, you know Luke McGrath's doing are you kind of the same are you watching the lads are you see, Are you? have you got the notepad out saying oh that's you know Dev's missed the line out this week or <laughs> James Roy missed the tackle or whoever it may be Ian Henderson geez that wasn't a good carry <laughs> are you kind of like that are you one of those guys that's always watching the other, the other lads uh, I actually, I don't think I am. I, I'd be more focused on, on myself. I think I'd, it'd be more. No, I think I'd be more focused on uh, on on my own performance 
making sure I making sure I do things right all the time is is, is the big one. And then, and uh, obviously just trying to make the team better, uh, Connacht. And 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 I think I just want, I, look, I want to take that step by step really and, and to to building into November and then into the summer and all that. So, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting because I, I, I was kind of I was always the same myself when I was playing a long time ago. Now, uh, Ulton, you probably barely remember me to be honest. But a long time ago, when I when I used to play rugby, um, I that's what I used to be like as well. I, I never really watched what the other guys were doing. I mean, obviously, if they were playing well, or you were what you ended up watching the match, you'd obviously see them playing. But I was never really ticking the boxes and saying like, uh, you know, it was just interesting to hear the different mentalities. And I think lots of players are different in that way. Like for me, I always felt like, and this is just a personal opinion on myself. I always felt like if I was playing well enough, that I'd get in the team. I just had a, I, you know, a lot of self belief in that. Is, is that kind of what yours stems from? Is it like a self belief thing that you say, well, do you know what? If I look after my own shop, I think the selection thing will look after itself. Is that kind of how you feel about it? Are you are you, are you very confident in your in your abilities if you're playing well? Well, you need to be confident, but I, I just feel um, I know I'm not the finished product, and I know I, I know I still have things to work on, and I know that and. I just believe that if I get if I get my if I get all my uh, my work on the right uh, con- uh, consistently, then then I'm in the best position to get selected, and that's 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 what I work to. And also, I guess what's the mentality like when you kind of break into the Ireland team in 2016, and you know you're going really well and getting a lot of opportunities, and then maybe the last couple of years where you aren't in the squad as much or in the 23 as much, is it hard to kind of mentally readjust to where you're kind of back into the chasing pack versus when you were kind of in and around the team? Um, oh well, it's it, it, I suppose it, it could get frustrating, but but you if you're not in the team, you're you're with your professional team, and you have to focus on that because if you get this, if you let yourself get distracted by selection like that, then you're only going to hinder your performance provincially. So it's 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 really a case of staying focused regardless of what happens. And I guess obviously you had the very tragic passing away of your mother, uh, you know, earlier this year. Like that, obviously rugby was the last thing on your mind, I'd imagine, for a couple of weeks there. Yeah, yeah, you know, but I mean, it's it's awful how those things happen. Um, but yeah, I'm, yeah, moving moving on. I'm just I'm just excited and 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 driven to driven to get back to the way I, I think I, I was performing great around Christmas time. So yeah, yeah, because it did feel like in particular that game against Leinster. I think it was maybe New Year's Day or so where you you gave a really good performance at the RDS. The team played really well, but but you in particular kind of it was back to your best. Did did you feel that you were you were you were kind of in and around your best form then? Yeah, I, no, I felt like I was quite confident on the pitch and and um, different things I've been working on is starting to show um, uh, show results and even even conditioning wise, I felt I felt like I was I was getting through the eighty minutes a lot better than I was at the start of the season and and that that that's one that was a big drive for me at that time and 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 yeah you know it it, it definitely feels good when you when you feel you're you're going in the right in the right direction so uh, that's kind of the way I'm, I'm thinking now just. Want to get back to that? Want to get back to there? Or maybe I could be there already. I'm not sure. I'm not sure, but we, but we'll have to see over the next few weeks. Um, and yeah, just take it from there. And just talk to us again about the challenge this weekend. Uh, you know, we're kind of hopping back and forth here, but sure, that's the nature of the show. Uh, we just got to say whatever we we think, where whatever pops into our head at times. Um, but it's it's kind of organised mayhem. Uh, but we were we were just wondering about you know. Um, Edinburgh this weekend, you know, they've actually, I think they've improved massively since Cockrell has come in. They've kind of a bit of a harder edge. Um, you know, what, what's the ex- expectation this weekend? Are you expecting a tough one over in Murrayfield? Yeah, yeah I don't think there's going to be any easy games this season. Everyone, most teams seems to have, seem to have recruited quite well. So, uh, um, so they're all building pretty well. And, and 
Yeah, Edinburgh are going to be no different. They're they're uh, they're, they're a big pack, a big heavy pack who are going to love them all, and they're going to try. It's, it's going to be a big battle there at set piece. Um, so uh, you know, we're looking we're we're looking forward to to, um, to knuckling down there, and hopefully it'll be a good battle uh, with the good sides. I talked to us quickly on uh, on Robin Copeland as well, the new addition. He's some character, is he? Yeah, he's a good character. <laughs> <laughs> I played I played schools with him. He was uh, he was always a good character. In fairness to Robin, um, how is he settled in there? I mean, I think he's a guy who could have a massive impact. He was a brilliant player for 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 Cardiff. I don't know if you remember. I don't know if you played against him too often there, but geez, he's a serious athlete. Uh, and really, never really got out of the blocks in Munster. Obviously, very difficult in that back row um, to make an impact with obviously Pete O'Mahony and. Uh, and CJ Standard there, but you know, she's a big chance to make an impact for you guys. How's he settling in there? Oh yeah, no, I think he's I think he's enjoying it quite well. He's just um, yeah, it's just it's just a matter of getting him to get some game time now. He's uh, he's excited as well, excited to show what he's what he what he's got to uh, got for the team. So um, so he he's he's fitting in really well as well. So um, yeah, we're we're looking forward to having him this season, and uh, I think uh, I think he's going to have a good one. Hopefully. And any young guys, sorry, we always ask this, uh, you're you're definitely not one of the older heads as of yet. That's all on the horizon, uh, unfortunately for you. Father time catches up with everyone. But any young guys that, that uh, to keep an eye out on that you've been impressed with uh, in the in the Connacht setup? I mean, it's always interesting to get an insider view on some of the young guys that we possibly don't or haven't seen yet to, to come through. Anyone you're tipping? Um, yeah, no, there's there's uh, there's always good talent coming through. But I guess most recently for us, uh, Paul Boyle in the back row has been, uh, he's been, yeah, he, he's made a difference in in every squad he, he's um, he's played in. So um, so he's he's definitely one to watch. In the it's team, a Wexford uh, man, isn't it? Uh, yes, he is indeed. Actually, yeah, uh, he's close to close to Kobe. <laughs> he is actually, yeah. <laughs> um, well, listen. Uh, that, listen, thanks a million for, for coming on. I know it was uh, it was late enough notice there. It's been absolutely great to uh, to hear from you and to hear how things are going in Connacht. Um, and we wish you all the best. It's a big season coming into the World Cup, so hopefully you stay fit and uh, deliver on all that potential. So thanks a million for coming on, um, Alton. Thanks, Alton. Thanks, Will. Cheers. Thanks so much for that. Thank you. That's all we have time for this week on The Left Wing. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll be back next week with another podcast. In the meantime, you could subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or listen on independent.ie. So until next week, thank you for listening, and goodbye.